All right. Hello, everyone. This is Elsa Dominion. We're here with Lorelei. She's a student who started studying for the LSAT and got a diagnostic score of 166. And then she got to 179 when taking the test. Hi, Lorelei. How are you? Good. Um, and actually, sorry to clarify, my diagnostic was a 154. Um, I took oh. the test twice. Yeah, so I got a 166 my first take. That's all. That's even better, actually. Well, that's a that's a great way to start the interview. Just getting some mistakes, basically. So, but uh, but yeah, that's I mean that's that's a great big jump, basically. How many points is that? That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad there wasn't a math section. Was that uh, 20, 25 points? Yeah. Twenty five points. That's an, that's a great point. I'm sure that you have plenty of things to talk about here, and there's like lots of students who are going to enjoy listening to this conversation, basically. Awesome. All right. right. So, so the first question that I would have for you is, I mean, how, like the first, so getting a 154 diagnostic score, I, in my opinion, I had like many students who usually start in the 140. So I consider 154 to have, be a great score, but I'm actually surprised still about the 179. That's, that's a very, very, very impressive score. So um, how did you start with the LSAT? I'm sure you took your diagnostic, but after that, like, you know, what did you do? Like, how did you get the basics? Like, how did you approach this studying at the beginning of your process? Yeah, so at the beginning, um, I did what a lot of people did, which, which was just look up free resources. So I definitely yeah. started off on Khan Academy for the first couple months, um, which I think is really solid if you don't know how far into the LSAT you want to get, because I was not ready to commit to a really expensive, um, you know, class or tutor right off the bat. Um, so that on its own probably helped me get into the mid 160s. Um, but it was around, I got most of the way through the course and realized, okay, like there are some fundamentals I'm just not getting from this. And that's when I went and I got the LSAT, uh, the Bibles, those big books. I can't remember what they're. Power what they're Bibles. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, they're so great. Um, they're so helpful. Yeah. And that was super helpful, especially for me on the logic games, because that was the section that took me, it took me the longest to get completely down. But then it, it once I got it down, it was pretty much my most accurate section every test. Um, so that's what really solidified, that's what got the basics down for me. Um, yeah, I, yes, I, that's I, agree. I, yeah. I mean, when I, when I started, I also started with the uh, power score Bibles and they, those were extremely helpful to get the basics. And I, I agree that like, actually like, just this is just my personal opinion. Like the reading comprehension Bible was not that helpful. Like in my opinion, it was just like, it didn't give me so much, but the logic in the Bible though, that was like a very good starting point basically. And even more that's with exactly, logic. Yeah. Yeah, with logic, it's like when I started, I mean, I don't know if you took your diagnostic in like actually cold conditions, but I did. And when I saw mm -hmm. the logic, games, I was like, what is this thing? You know, like what is going on yeah. here? Like, I, I thought this was a law test or something like that. So I was very surprised about seeing that. And I didn't know where to start from. And the logic games were, were a great introduction for me to like what's diagramming, which is actually the basics of logic games here. So yeah, that, that was a great place to start. And let me let me ask another question now that we're talking about that. So in your diagnostic, do you remember, I'm not gonna ask you like your specific scores for each section, but do you remember like what was your best score, your worst score, like what, what about that? Yeah, I actually, I don't remember my specific scores, but I remember thinking the reading comprehension was doable. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't do amazing on it, but I, I think I had that, the confidence there because I was thinking, oh, this is gonna be like the SAT, you know, in the high, yeah. high school test. So that one was okay. The logical reasoning was a little bit harder. I hadn't taken at that point any kind of formal um, logic or you know philosophy classes, anything like that that would have taught me how to think in that way. So I struggled on that for a while. 
And then <laughs> logic games were a mess. <laughs> I could yeah. not figure out how to approach them. Uh, I, I don't remember how bad I did, but I know that that was by far my worst section. Well, it's very similar to what I did basically. And I, I don't know if you feel like the same way that I feel, but I actually started the same way, like feeling like reading calm. It's still reading calm, you know, like I thought, well, like any other test. Logical reasoning, same thing. Like I've never done logic, like formal logic in my life. So that was kind of hard to. And then logic games, I actually, I don't know your case, but my first diagnostic, I didn't even write anything on the paper. I didn't know, I didn't even know that I needed a pencil, basically. I was trying to do everything yeah. in my head and I, nothing, nothing was working out, basically. But the more I started with the test, it was the other way around. Logic games became the easiest thing. Logical reasoning, like, you know, it was hard to improve, but I could see myself like getting better with formal logic. And then reading comp was actually the hardest one to improve on. Mm -hmm. No, exactly the same for me. Yeah, reading comprehension to the day I took the last test was the one I was, it was either, you know, amazing score, almost perfect, or I was missing, you know, three, sometimes four questions, even when I was scoring pretty well. So it was not, yeah. <laughs> not my strong section. Well, I agree. Like it's probably the same situation for, it was the same situation for myself. And it's probably the same for like many of the students who are taking the LSAT. Um, let me ask you a question here. So how many months did you study for the test? So what I did was I started my junior year of college, which was last March of, Mar sorry, no, I started a little bit before that. March of 2019 was when I took my first test. And I think I took my diagnostic in maybe November of 2018, something like that, really late in the year. Um, and I, my first test, the mistake I made was that I really didn't sit down and get myself a dedicated study schedule. So I say I studied, you know, for over a year. In reality, I studied for a few months um, mm -hmm. because I, I really thought that I could just, you know, magically <laughs> pull it together if I just concentrated hard enough for like an hour every couple days. Yeah. Um, so I studied on and off until March, took the test, and then just decided I'm not going to study again for a while. I'm not, not even going to look at it. Um, and then in about, let's see, it must have been December of 2019, I decided, okay, we're going to try to ramp it back up. And then I studied on and off from December until March of 2020. So that was another kind of just getting back into it, not anything too crazy, you know, maybe a section every couple days um, just to keep myself aware. And then from March until July, I studied every day. So that was, let's see, April, May, June. It was around three or four months of really pretty much every day studying. And I would I say do. everything before that was kind of a plateau. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to gauge, but I don't think I improved much for about a year in there. Well, it, it probably was a good introduction for yourself. And actually, like, uh, mm -hmm. when you have that introduction and you let yourself, like, take some breaks between your studying process, I, I, I am a big believer that that could help, like, yourself to get more acquainted with the test, basically, and more used to it. Because this is a test that you need to let, you need to lay down a foundation in your brain in order to get better at it, basically. So it's sometimes like getting those breaks is actually pretty helpful for any student, basically. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's, a, it's a long-term project. The LSAT is not something you can cram in two months and just get, I mean, you could study it for the LSAT. It depends on your goals, like, like always. And you could study for the LSAT for two months and get a decent score. But mm -hmm. I highly doubt that you're going to achieve your maximum potential in two months, for example. But if you study yeah. for four or five months consistently and with like effective schedule, I'm pretty sure you could achieve all your goals. So mm -hmm. uh, let me ask you something else. How many prep tests did you take to prepare? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about when I was doing it from March on because before then I would take a couple practice tests, but a lot of times I wasn't doing them in full testing conditions and I wasn't, mm -hmm. I don't think the tests were very representative. Um, 
what I did from about April until early July, because the test was in mid-July, was I would take, um, I would take about three tests a week because they were at that point uh, flex tests. So it would only it would take me under two hours, which is why I was okay with that. When it was a full length test, I would take maybe one a week. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd do three, two to three a week for about um, two or three months uh, with a little bit of inconsistency in there. That's just an average. Yeah. And what I did, what I was very careful about was I, I knew where I was going to be taking the test. I had gone home because of uh, the coronavirus. So I was at mm -hmm. home and I would sit in the room where I was going to take it and I would do it at 8 a.m. every day, um, every oh. time I took the test. And that, I honestly think that that uh, rhythm was a little more helpful than the actual number of tests I took because the first time I took it, um, I had not prepared for that. I was telling myself I was taking practice tests, but I'd really be sitting at my kitchen table and I'd look at my phone between sections. You know, I'd get up and get a glass of water if I wanted a break. And yeah. when I re when I was studying for real, I didn't do any of that. And I really took it with testing conditions. Well, that's something that I always encourage my students to do. I think it's always it's very helpful, which is try to simulate as much as you can the testing conditions. And a big part of it, in my opinion, is try to take it at the time that you think you're gonna take the exam or that you know you're gonna take the exam. Like discover whether you're a morning or an afternoon person. And, and don't get me wrong, I all like I believe that at the end of the day, like if you're good at the test, you're good at the test. And if you're good enough, you're good enough. But this is such a precise test that like just a, if you if you get confused for a second or two seconds, you may be missing like a couple of questions. And that could, you know, that could bring you down a little bit and that could completely change your score. And that in turn could change your life because, you know, like a couple of points in the, the LSAT there, it's actually a lot of points. Yeah. makes a big difference of course it depends on where you're gonna apply but that most i believe that most of the students are not completely sure of which schools they want to go they have like some schools in mind but it's not like i need this score so it depends a lot on the score that they will get or not you know because you know all the students start thinking hey like my goal is this score or around that score but that always changes a little bit during the way you know when i start with a 143 i thought hey like if you, if you gave me a paper to sign when I started with my diagnostic and you told me, hey, if you sign this, you could get a 160 right away, I would have signed it probably. I would be mm -hmm. like, just give me my 160 and I'm good to go. And yeah. you know, after months of studying, I'm so happy that I, would, I wouldn't do that because I ended up with a score much higher than that. So that's another question that I would have for you. When you started getting your 150, that it's 154 that you got as a diagnostic, right? Mm -hmm. Did you expect, did, was your goal to get a 179? No, not at all. Um, I had at that point, I really did not know where I wanted to go. Um, and my one school, I'm from Hawaii originally. So I was okay. looking at the University of Manoa. Um, and their, I think their average is somewhere in the 150s. So that was my, my idea was, okay, well, I don't know where I want to end up. But at least I know if I get a few more points, I can probably go back home. Like I can go to law school you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and it was when I started studying a little bit more and after using Khan Academy that I realized, okay, I'm going to, I have the potential to maybe get a score that could get me into some of the I started. Um, but around but the second time around, I decided like, I want to get a 173. I don't know if it's got one or one point below or a point above, who cares, but I want to get a 173 because I thought that was within reach. Um, and honestly, I think I got a little bit lucky getting a 179 because I was really, <laughs> I was really nervous and was not even positive I was going to get a 173 in the real test mm -hmm. because of how badly 
um, not badly, my first test had gone, but I was uh, testing probably at 170 or so before I got my 166 on the first test. So I was okay. thinking, okay, I'm going to lose a bunch of points, you know, when I take the real one. Well, so something that happens a lot when, when, you, when you're practicing, it happens a lot that you like sometimes take a practice and you're like, I don't know if I did that well. And then out of nowhere, sometimes it happens and you get a, an amazing score. And yeah. you just look at it and you're like, where did that come from, basically? Mm -hmm. But it, no, it's exactly. actually, it's, yeah, it's just how it works. I mean, a lot of people are like asking like, hey, should I cancel? Should I, you know, I don't know if I should cancel after taking the test or something like that. And I always say the same thing. Unless you know that you messed it up, up for a lot, just don't cancel. If it's just that you have a feeling that you did worse on your average, don't cancel that test because yeah. you might get surprised. And I agree with just, that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just funny to I, me that you... Sorry, sorry. What were you going to yeah, when I, when I finished the test, I finished it up and thought like, I got like a 170 or below. Like I was, I was a little bit tempted to cancel because I had already signed up for the next month's test. And mm. I was thinking about it, you know, because I did not feel like I'd done amazing. And I am so glad I didn't cancel. So definitely well, second that. Denied, it's, it's an insane score, to be honest. Like, you should be very happy about that. And it's actually funny that you start with a 154 and you said, hey, maybe I could get a couple of more points and try to get into yeah. hospital, basically. <laughs> well, guess what? Now you have a 179, basically, which is 0.1% mm -hmm. of, the, of the test takers. So yeah, it's, there's a big difference with that. But, but yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. By the way, uh, you mentioned that you uh, already signed up for the next administration, right? After yeah. your second test, what do you think about that? About sign because I, I, it's always that I, I always recommend my students to sign up for a future administration because I always say like, hey, um, you're already studying for it, you're already prepared for it, and there's fluctuation in the test. You could go up or you could go low. You don't know, but I mean, if you sign up for a future administration and you get the score that you wanted, you wouldn't mind like having to cancel your future administration because you have a great score. I mean. Were you like annoyed that you couldn't go to your future Elsa because you got a 179? I don't think so, right? No. <laughs> so what yeah, do you think I would, I would, I would recommend uh, doing that for every student. If you're in a position like I was, which is that I was taking the July test and the next mm. administration was August, there wouldn't be any time from when I heard back about my score to sign up for the next test because the deadline had already passed. So I knew I had to sign up for August before I'd be able to see my July score. And I think that is a really good decision for pretty much anyone, um, because it sucks that it's another couple hundred bucks to toss at the test. But when you yeah. think about it in the big scheme of things, you're applying for law school. Like that's gonna be yeah. an expensive journey. And also um, like a, a couple oh. of points could be worth, not could be, they are worth like thousands mm -hmm. of dollars basically, so. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I'm really glad I did that because I, um, I really like the security of knowing that I could take it again in August. And mm -hmm. basically what I did when I finished the July test was, I took a week off and then just started studying it, studying again. Um, so it was amazing when I heard back my score and realized I got to stop early, but it really gave a good safety net. And I think it would have been a lot more stressed if I was waiting until September or October and worrying about getting my application in, or what if I had to retake it a fourth time, you know, I would have been a lot worse than just knowing, okay, you have a guarantee one yeah. month from now. True. I have another question about your studying process. How did you, because of course, I guess that you're, after getting the basics and the fundamentals of the test, your main studying process would consist on taking prep tests. So mm -hmm. was that how your studying process worked, just taking prep tests? Or did you do like, you know, a specific question types or a specific, you know, games or something like that? Like, what did you do? Because for example, my case, I, and it's very personal for you student, but in my case, when I studied, I just took um, prep tests and then I reviewed them. 
And I mm -hmm. just made sure that I made a full and complete review process with all the questions. I'm trying to understand why each answer choice was right or wrong for the right reasons, basically. Um, but there are students have like different methods and I would like to know your example. So once you started taking prep tests and being more fo focused on your studying process, what was your process? Yeah, so what I would generally do if I finished a test would I be basically what you said, I would go back, look at all the questions I got wrong and redo them. Uh, but the one thing that really helped me with my score, actually two things. Um, one was I, uh, I got a tutor for, it was actually just a peer tutor, basically. He'd taken the LSAT like a few months before me. <laughs> um, so just very basic, but I basically stole his study methods <laughs> after a couple sessions, that's and that's all I really wanted out of it. Um, so he taught me the loophole method for uh, logical reasoning, which is basically um, an approach to a lot of different uh, question types in logical reasoning that, you know, you're always looking for a loophole in the reasoning. Um, it's, it, it's out there if you look it up on YouTube or- Oh, of course, of course, the loophole yeah. is very famous. Like for anyone listening to these, like the loophole is a very famous like LSAT book for logical reasoning. And I mean, look, I didn't use it as a student, but I, I've had like many students have used it. And it's by far the book that I heard the best reviews about for the yeah, LSAT. it helped oh, me it, so much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard great things about like many books. So like, first of all, the power score bios that we were talking about, it's, it's great for the understanding the basics. But the loophole, like for logical reasoning, if you're struggling with logical reasoning, you're starting with the LSAT, haven't read it, but based on what I've heard from all the students, and based on how they have improved after reading it, get that book if you can, because that's that's a great thing to, to read, basically. Yeah, exactly. And that helped me a lot on logical reasoning specifically. And then for reading comprehension, the thing that helped me was, I think what I was doing initially was I was just trying to get through my sections and I'm a pretty fast reader. So a lot of times I would just speed read, answer the questions, and then I'd actually finish the section with a little bit of extra time and think like, oh, I did so well, you know, I'm finished early, I'm fine. And then yeah. I'd go back and realize I missed like seven questions, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> more. Um, and so what uh, what I did was I broke up the sections. Uh, you know how there are four uh, different passages in yeah. reading comprehension? And I would, this is a recommendation from that tutor. He said, okay, give yourself what might seem like an absurd amount of time to read, like force yourself to spend like four minutes on a passage and just really, really carefully read through. And then uh, answer the questions in, you know, one minute, something like that. And I switched up my timing. So sometimes I would give myself only one minute per passage. And then like five to six minutes per to answer all the questions or you know four or five minutes on a passage and just feel like <laughs> super anxious reading and reading yeah. and reading it and then go and uh speed through the questions and both of those time frames for me were kind of ridiculous but what it helped me do is figure out where in the middle my natural speed actually was um and that really helped me relax and get into a more comfortable i guess uh pacing of the section and that helped me pick up a few points that i was just missing because i was rushing even though I didn't realize I was rushing. That's a, that's a very interesting. It's something that I always recommend my students to do because the students actually like try to rush a lot because they focus too much on speed. And speed is important, don't get me wrong. But in my opinion, speed is just a result of better understanding. But mm -hmm. the, better, the better you get the test, the faster you will go. But don't force yourself to go faster. Force yourself to have a better accuracy. Force yourself to have a better understanding. And once you do that, the speed just, will just come. It's just how it works. Students get too worried, I think, in my opinion, to, you know, they see a passage and they're like, oh my God, I need to spend like two minutes and that's it. And I'm like, I always tell them, look, first of all, I don't know how much time I'm gonna spend in a passage. It depends on the passage. Like some passages are easier or harder for me. It just depends. Mm -hmm. um, just focus on having the best understanding possible. 
And that approach, in my opinion, and if you can't finish the section when you're practicing, it's fine. You're practicing. You can go through it later on your review. But if you keep just like try missing and missing, missing, just because you want to go faster, faster, and faster, your brain is not going to get used to having that proper, you know, process of reasoning and trying to get the questions right. So it just, you're just going to repeat, you're, you're going to get into that, what all the students call now, the word is not, that plateau, you know, that all the students talk about, where they just mm -hmm. score the same thing over and over, basically. At the end of the day, the also is just about having the best understanding possible of what you have in front of you. It's yeah, just about and that. I, one of the things that I think, if there's anyone listening to this that had a similar experience with me, is that I um, thought of myself as having really good reading comprehension skills. So when I get a question wrong, I thought it was my understanding of the question that was faulted. And so I'd spend way too much time trying to figure out why I got that specific question wrong, instead of realizing that my reading comprehension skills were not at the level I thought they were, and then I just missed the information in the passage. So when I slowed down, it helped me realize, okay, you know, like I'm actually missing stuff when I'm reading. Um, yeah. I'm not <laughs> faultless, and I need to go back and actually figure out how to read a passage instead of blaming questions. That's a very good tip there, being honest with yourself when studying for the test. Just like whenever you don't understand something, just be honest with yourself and tell yourself, hey, you didn't understand that. Go back, mm -hmm. read it, understand what you're reading. Because a lot of people just like get into this mindset of like, you know, I'm an LSAT student, I'm a law student. I'm a, like a fast reader, you know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a super genius, you know. And then mm -hmm. they just like cram like the whole thing and they try to go super fast and they don't, they spend so much time trying to like answer, to get to the answer choices basically. They're debating between A and B for two minutes, and that's not what you want to do, basically. And if you had a better understanding from the beginning, you wouldn't be spending that much time. Exactly. So just, yeah. that's, that's, that's the main thing. All right. Uh, next question I have is for you is um, the test is happening right now, actually. The August test. It's just like mm -hmm. some students are taking it today, and it started yesterday, and uh, some students will take it tomorrow and so on. Um, what do you do you have any recommendation for the test week preparation the last week or the or even the same day you know like how did you approach it yeah what um this is advice that i didn't actually believe in but i believe in now and i think if anyone's mm -hmm. like me they should <laughs> listen to it too burnout is really real um mm -hmm. i had not experienced testing burnout before in my life and i assumed that if i just kept pushing um you know if i took tests all you know right up to the actual test it would be fine um, and my, that tutor I had was basically just laid down the lawn. I was like, don't do that. <laughs> That's a dumb decision. Uh, take the week off. So what I did, I couldn't convince myself to do the whole week, but all I did the week before was every day I take one section. If that, sometimes it'd only be like doing five questions just to keep myself feeling like I was in the rhythm. Yep. Um, uh, I made sure I was getting good sleep. I made sure I was waking up at the time I would on the test day. And then what happened, <laughs> um, was I, cause I had signed up for a 7am test. Um, what had happened was that, uh, yeah, it was really early, but I'm a morning person. So I was thinking it's going to be great. It's going to be perfect. Um, the night before I checked my test time and I'm from, remember I said I'm from Hawaii. So I was back home and I had signed up for a 7am test, uh, on, um, wait, sorry. It had been, I thought it was a 7am test, but it was actually 1 PM because I had signed up on Eastern time. So I freaked out and I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna, this is the end of the world. But what happened was that because I'd been waking up early anyways, I woke up at a normal time, I got enough sleep, and I just had a relaxing morning, and it went fine. Um, so <laughs> for anyone yeah. else who's super yeah. type A like me, and you feel like you have to have 100% control over the situation, uh, switching the test time like that was not the worst thing that could have happened to me, and it turned out fine. And it's because I'd done that really, yeah, and exactly. Because, it's just that, it's like, if you have a good understanding of the thing, I mean, 
Of course, it's that's better. That's not going to be the thing that ruins the you. <laughs> yeah, it's better to take it at the time that you prefer if you're a morning person. But that's not going to make a big change, like for you. It exactly. just, you know, it just, mm-hmm. it's just a small rock in the middle of the way. You can, you just need to like, you know, take it and leave it out of the way and just keep going, basically. Yeah. yeah. And as long as you have done that prep for the week before of just relaxing, making sure that you're not, you know, staying up to three in the morning, out stressing out. <laughs> um, it's for me, it really, it, it turned out fine. Um, so yeah. I would say the main tip is just try, I mean, it's a really big ask, but try not to stress out too much. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's always what I'm trying to <laughs> Easier said than done, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. But I, it's true that I have many, I mean, right now more than ever, you know, like the students save like the earliest prep test, sorry, the earliest, like the latest prep test for the, last two weeks or even the last week and i always say hey if you want to take a, a practice like the the week of the lsat try to take at least something you've done in the past just to get yeah. into the mood of taking the test but i don't want you to i always tell my students because they're like oh my god i got this score i'm like are you going to take the test the following week and they're like yes i'm like why do you care about your scores right now it's just i mean yeah your scores are important in your simulations to see where you are but honestly if you're going to take it anyways why do you care about it in the last week just mm-hmm. practice to get in the mood, but relax. It's what you say. It's much better to be able to ha- put yourself in that positive attitude and confident attitude about like being able to, to tell yourself, hey, you've been doing this for months. You know how to do this thing. You know, you're prepared. Go and give your best and try to like relax, get good sleep, you know, eat healthy, like just have a healthy lifestyle overall to have, be in the best possible mindset. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's a great tip that I would recommend to all the students, anyone who's listening to this, it's just something great that it's great to hear basically. And I'll actually, there's one more tip I have on that, which is that if, when you take this, it's still an online format. I took, uh, the one test I took or one test I took a week before the real one was I just went online to the LSAT has its own, uh, free version of, I think two tests in their online format that they have up. And it was one test I'd done just like the month before. So I still remembered it but I ran through the entire practice test just to make sure I was used to the online format because I was really nervous about opening it up and realizing like, oh, I don't know how to work this. And yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that was super helpful. Yeah, that's a great tip actually. LawHub uh, has the actual format on how the test is gonna be like. Actually, like whenever you do the LSAT flex, you're just gonna have the same thing as LawHub, but like a, a new test. So if you wanna, I would recommend to all the students to do the same thing. Just go there, get used to like scrolling down or like crossing answer choices or flagging the, the answer choices or flagging the questions if you want to. Or if you are someone who underlines, like get used to that. Just get used to the format so it's, you're prepared for what's going to happen, basically. So yeah, that's a great tip. And uh, just one last thing to talk about here. So what's going on right now? What's the future for you? What are you going to do after all of this? Are you applying this cycle? Yeah, I am. That's a, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I, so right now I just, I graduated this past June, so I'm done with school and I'm working for AmeriCorps for a year. I'm basically mm-hmm. serving as a college counselor um, and I'm applying for law schools right now. So I'm finishing up my personal statement, uh, which is <laughs> more, more work than I thought it would be for us. It's, it's not as easy as they say, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's more complicated. Than it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm doing that. I'm finalizing my list of places I want to apply to. And just trying to figure out what, I'm trying not to stress about that too much either, because I'm very, you know, I want all the answers right now, but I also know a lot of schools are just not going to give me anything until maybe even like March or April. So mm-hmm. trying to learn how to be patient. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, get, getting from the stress to the also to getting from the stress to law school admissions, I think it's worse than law school admissions stress, in my opinion, because the also it's you who's doing this stuff. So we, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's up to you. 
But law school admissions, I mean, you're going to apply for it and you're just going to be like waiting for months probably. Exactly. And just like <laughs> waiting. And just like, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, well, of course, if you, know, you know, if you get a new position at your job, you can like make a, you can make an addendum saying like, hey, I got a new position and you can just uh, add that up to your resume. But it's not going to make a big difference for you. But it's, it's actually yeah. true. And have you already made your list of schools that you want to apply to? Yeah, I have. I'm trying. So what I did for myself um, is I set a budget for how much I wanted to spend on applications. Um, And I set a budget for I want it to definitely be under a thousand dollars. And it's actually come out to a lot less than that, because if you um, I don't know if this will help anyone out there, but if you're doing service work for a year, most schools are just automatically waive their application fee. Um, So it's been really cheap for me, which has been super nice. I didn't know that. That's great. That's yeah, great. it's really good. So I've just sent out, I've been preparing my fee waivers. I've already gotten a yeah. few from some, not for merit, um, but just saying like, I have no money because I'm doing service work and they'll give me a fee waiver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm applying basically throughout the top 14, um, give or take a few. And then I'm still keeping Manoa in there. And I, um, yeah, a couple like UCLA, some California schools, and then my my surprise one was uh, Arizona State University because I didn't know that schools gave a full um, they gave me like the CAS fee waiver too, which is yeah. not a thing I knew schools did, but they it definitely worked. They they, they <laughs> can do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I was actually surprised when I found out that they could do that. Yeah, I was super surprised. So I decided yeah. I'm gonna apply there too. <laughs> that's that's awesome. And by the way, uh, for anyone listening here. If you're going to apply broadly, just apply as many schools as you can, of course, without going nuts with the money, and ask for fee waivers. Ask for them. Even though if you don't get them right away, send an email and say, hey, can I get one of your fee waivers? The worst thing that would happen to you is that they say, no, you can't. <laughs> That's it. They exactly. still want you. They will still encourage you to apply. Schools want you to apply. It's just how this game works, basically. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, I think that's going to be enough for the interview today. So thank you so much for uh, answering all these questions. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of students who are going to find your journey and your explanations extremely helpful. So thank you for that. Awesome, thank you. Have a good one and good luck with your application process. I'm sure you're going to end up in great schools with those scores, and I'm sure you have like great stories to talk about. So yeah, good luck on your journey. Yeah, thank you. You too.